There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Kalshi. Maybe you have a thought on TikTok. Will Congress ban it or won't they? Taylor Swift's new album, Will or Won't It Be Album of the Year? What about Biden's approval rating? And a whole lot more. You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. $10 bonus to the first 500 people who sign up by going to Kalshi.com slash numbers game spelled K-A-L-S-H-I. There's no guarantee of performance and an investor could lose their entire investment, including fees. iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at Kalshi.com. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The numbers told the story they always do. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN. Hour number two of a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network, VSIN.com, the VSIN app, Fubo, Game Plus, iHeartRadio. Oh, I did the old one. That's not right. Just came out of my brain. Some of those weren't true. I was just faking people out. See if they're paying attention. Uh, all proudly brought to you by BetMGM Nevada, YouTube TV as well. Um, Skill Alexander, Kelly Bidlin, still to come this hour. Uh, we will talk to Mark Borchard, who's standing by, talk baseball with us. Also, JBT on the NBA, Pete Futak on college football. Also going to do some NFL awards, a sort of a heat check on NFL MVP, Offensive Rookie of the Year, Comeback Player of the Year, and Coach of the Year. Comeback is always a great discussion. Yeah. Because what the heck are they voting on? Like, everybody has a different definition of that. So we'll get into that. It, it, it is, it's bizarre, and it's one of those, they should maybe consider changing it to, like, the NBA most improved player. Right, because some of those people, like Geno Smith is in there. Right. He's most improved, but what's he coming back from, sucking? Yes. I mean, that, that's the joke we always used to make on primetime action, right? Like, he's coming back from sucking. They give him the award, They're like, Geno, you have sucked for so long. <laughs> Just want to thank you for being good now. And how he would, how he would take that information. We get tweets. At meeting the book, always appreciate the uh, the feedback from everybody. Uh, this is from Betton Man Todd. Any interest in either of the WTA Finals matches today? I'm going out there to watch the one and only Iga. Good for you, man. Congratulations down in Fort Worth, Texas. The WTA Finals, the eight top point getters of the uh, the WTA Tour all year. No play, to answer your question, no play on either of the women's tennis matches today. Iga's appropriately priced. The other one is is, is as well between Coco and Caroline Garcia. I do have futures on Iga to win this, though, uh, anywhere between plus 100 and plus 140. They're still probably available in plus prizes for Iga, so I am on that, uh, but nothing on the matches. Again, Rich Richard Gasquet, the only tennis match betting here moving forward today. Michael Lafon, the Bengals' success depends on Burrow getting time to pass. Cincinnati was unstoppable last week because Atlanta has no pass rush. Fade Atlanta against good quarterbacks. They can uh, beat the running quarterbacks. There's a tip from Michael Lafon, by the way, uh, on that. Uh, let's see. Do to do 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 do. Glenn Glos, Glenn Glos, uh, Glosensky likes your basketball your basketball pick. He says very good pick, Kelly. How about that? Uh, and Thanks, then Glenn. then to answer your question, this is from uh, Shane Finnegan twelve, who has found it at Caesars, and from Bob from Philly who has found it at FanDuel. Your question about those three teams: Buffalo, Kansas City, and Philadelphia versus the field. And the screenshot that Shane Finnegan twelve is showing us is from Caesars. The Eagles, Chiefs, and Bills, or, yeah, the Eagles, Chiefs, and Bills are minus 140. 
the field is plus 120 coming back. And then at FanDuel, it is even shorter than that. At FanDuel, it is, let me just make sure, minus 126 on the Bills, Eagles, and Chiefs. I think I would bet that. Minus 102 on the field coming back. I think I would, too. I think that also means, that means it's probably up at Boyd here in town, where it might be. Well. That's what I'm going to have to check on later. That's a, I might bet that. I, I think that yeah. pricing is right. I mean, it's. I dig it. Good for the good for those those places to put them up. Yeah, I figured uh, someone probably had it up. Thanks for the tweets, guys. Thanks, appreciate it. Um, this is from Easy Pickens. Two NFL defenses are catching up with offenses after all the scoring rule changes. They anticipate next rule change to tie all defensive backs' hands behind their backs. And Ryan Hyatt, sharps no, make no move on college football until you hear Kelly Bidlin guessing lines. Absolutely, we appreciate that. Um, okay. Oh, and Alan Mitchell says, I can't, uh, I didn't catch the U- USTA, uh, excuse me, the, uh, he means the uh, UTSA <laughs> rotation number. Did Kelly give it a go or a pass? <laughs> With the old right angle sports. Go, go, go or yeah, pass. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Go, go, go. Ladies and gentlemen, he is uh, from an undisclosed location somewhere in the desert, basewinner.com, at basewinner. It's Mark Barchard, everybody. How you doing, Mark? Yo, I'm doing good. I mean, I, you know, I enjoyed the, uh, the game one of the World Series. I thought that was a really good game. One of the, one of the better games I've seen in my lifetime. Five nothing deficit for the Phillies. They come all the way back as the Phillies do these days. Uh, but that one against Verlander, Verlander with a horrible World Series uh, record lifetime, and the Phillies get it done. They steal one of the two from the Astros in Houston. We go back to Philly tonight for Game Three, and with the postponement, we were talking to Paul Sporer earlier, Mark. He seemed to think that this favors the Phillies. I would imagine that that postponement does sort of favor them a bit, in your opinion oh, as well. Yeah, absolutely, because you can get uh, Nola, who I have the best pitcher in the series. He didn't look like it the other night, but you know, from a long-term sample size, uh, I think there's a lot of numbers that are compelling that he is the best pitcher uh, in the World Series, and and so you get him early in Game Four, and possibly on, on a short rest in Game Seven. So, uh, yeah, I definitely think that it it does favor. Uh, the Phillies, I, I don't necessarily agree with with going left-handed pitching tonight as a starter, but uh, I mean, look, this analytics department in Philly in Philly is, is is deep and they're good, and so maybe they know things that I don't. McCullers and Suarez is what you're referring to tonight with the Astros minus one eighteen favorites consensus. Shop around, you might find it uh, a couple pennies more or less. Any thoughts on Game Three here tonight? Any thoughts on the adjusted series price, which we were pointing out earlier? Ain't really that adjusted. It's about minus one seventy. Not that adjusted from zero zero now at one to one. It's funny, Gil. The the adjusted series price is exactly what I have priced out at minus one seventy for Houston. So obviously there would be no value there by my numbers. But uh, you know tonight, and I'm kind of high on this Phillies team. And uh, I don't know. I mean, I think that you even if if you're an analytical guy and you do a lot of number handicapping, you still have human emotion. And uh, my numbers would indicate that there's value tonight on Houston. So I have it priced at minus 135, and the market is at minus 115. Personally, going to keep the powder dry, as they say, Gil, because I just don't want to go against the Phillies. I mean, my, I mean, I, I mean, I'm going to tell it like it is. My father-in-law is a huge Philly fan. He just came into town a week ago. We're rooting for the Phillies. My wife is actually letting me watch baseball in the master bedroom, and she's a Phillies fan. So <laughs> if I if, if, if I'm going to bet bet Houston tonight. Uh, then I think I'd be I'd be kicked out maybe maybe of the of the master bedroom for a week and I don't want to have that happen but, yeah. but my numbers would indicate that there's value on Houston for for those of, of you who listen to my numbers Kelly mark that down uh, 
normally Mark Borcher does not get to watch baseball in the master bedroom. Got it. Okay. That, that'll be in the newsletter, vsin.com <laughs> slash newsletter. All right, um, let me go to, by the way, one more question about this. And I don't know that your numbers ever capture this. I don't know that you ever intend them to, nor do nor might you care. But when you see managers, Dusty Baker and Rob Thompson, do you say to yourself there's an advantage either way there? Do you dislike or like one more than the other? Um, I kind of side with, uh, if, you, if you're asking me, uh, which which Who one I would trust? side with? Who do you trust more? I would I would trust uh, the the Phil uh, Thompson more. I think that he tends to listen to his analytics department, and they're and they're built well. I mean, the the guy his name's Chris Fonsberg, I think is is his name. Uh, he's a principal uh, data scientist over there, and the guy's like really renowned. And so I think that he's listening to to the analytics department a little bit more. Nothing against Dusty. I mean, he's he's a longtime baseball guy, um, and a good guy. What, the the host of the Bet US MLB show is really good friends with Dusty T C Martin, and uh, I, I personally like him, but I don't think that that he is inclined to listen to his analytics department as much as as as, uh, as Thompson would. Let me go to the MVP. Because, obviously, Kyle Tucker hit two home runs real quick in game one. And you're like, well, he's the leader in the clubhouse. Um, okay, he is. He's the short shot. But not by much, right? Plus 650 in the MVP market, which really at one-to-one in the series is kind of wide open still, wouldn't you say? Is there a player here you would take a shot at? You know, I kind of like Real Muto. And, and I'm going to play him to get a hit today. And you got to lay a little bit of, of, of price on that. It's minus 220. But it, at home, he's he has since uh, September first, he's gotten a hit in twenty four of thirty one games, and that's seventy seven percent. So that's minus three thirty. So I think there's value there. You know, one thing about Real Muto that's that's pretty interesting is he's got the best batting average versus right-handed pitching uh, since the trade deadline at four fourteen, and he's going to face a steady diet of right-handed pitching at home. So. Uh, that's kind of the what then, and he's also he's also accumulated uh, some stats in the series as well. So for those reasons, I would take a look at Real Muto for the uh, for the MVP. All right, I think our buddy Felica took a flyer on Altuve at ten to one because again, it's right. It's like some people have banked some stats and you haven't really noticed yet. So this could be a, I mean, this is pretty live market still at this point could go any which way. But Real Muto, of course, Real Muto who who uh, hit the game winning shot for the Phillies in game number one to put them up 6-5, to five, a lead that held. Okay, so one question here on the way out, 90 seconds. The team or teams, without numbers to show us in betting markets, just the World Series futures odds is all we have anywhere. We don't have season wins or anything like that. What's the club that you think is going to be chronically undervalued across the board or chronically overvalued heading in next year that markets, that betting markets won't necessarily capture? I think the Giants are worth a look, Gil. Um, I think that they have, uh, you know, depending on, on the, the contract situations, if they keep their pitchers. Um, but from a pitching standpoint, you know, I like them all year. I think they kind of underperformed. I think that they've they've made public comments that they're going to go after certain players, i.e. Aaron Judge. Be interesting to see how he hits uh, in San Francisco, Let's given go. that, uh, you know, you know, given that we have the Barry Bonds, uh, Aaron Judge argument. But uh, I, I think that that's a team that's going to be aggressive. Obviously, their analytics department for me is 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 probably top five in baseball. So. Uh, that's one that I would look at, Gil. All right. How many times have I uttered under my breath this year? Boy, is he going to look good in a Giants uniform next year? And sure enough, 
uh, the Giants said they will not be outbid for Aaron Judge. So if Aaron Judge, if going back to his hometown or the team that he grew up rooting for means anything to him, the Giants are going to make it worth his while. We shall see if he ends up in boy. That would be a nice uh, place for a right-handed hitter to hit, that's for sure. Mark, uh, thank you for another great year. Love you for coming on every week, man. We appreciate it. Hey, my pleasure, man. It's been fun. This is when we get World, World Series. I think it's going to go the distance. The distance, which would be Sunday if it does, barring any weather uh, intervening. Mark Borchett, everybody, at BaseWinner, BaseWinner.com. Always uh, analytically sound. We appreciate it, as always. Uh, coming back, back to the NFL. MVP, Offensive Rookie of the Year, Comeback Player of the Year, Coach of the Year, Heat check on all. Where are the bets? Where are the good ones? Where's the value? That's on the other side on a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Calshi. Maybe you have a thought on TikTok. Will Congress ban it or won't they? Taylor Swift's new album, Will or Won't It Be Album of the Year? What about Biden's approval rating? And a whole lot more. You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. $10 bonus to the first 500 people who sign up by going to Calshi.com slash numbers game spelled K-A-L-S-H-I. There's no guarantee of performance and an investor could lose their entire investment, including fees. iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at Calshi.com. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A numbers game on VSIN, the sports betting network. Get everything VSIN has to offer for the rest of the football season for only $99. Sign up now and get VSIN Pro access all the way through the Super Bowl, including our Pro Picks daily recap of the top plays made by VSIN show hosts and guests, Pro Tools like our exclusive betting splits, Pro Tips with actionable insights to up your betting game, Deep Dive daily betting reports on the NBA, NHL, and MLB playoffs, plus our upcoming college basketball, college bowl, and Super Bowl betting guides. Give yourself an edge. Visit VSIN.com slash subscribe to get your $99 midseason special to Today, that's VSIN.com slash subscribe. NFL Awards, heat check. Kelly, ready to do this? Yeah, let's do it. All right. I don't, know how much, one of these. <laughs> I don't know how much of a heat check there is on NFL MVP, quite frankly. But for thoroughness's sake, let's throw this in. No surprise here. Josh Allen is the short shot at plus 110. Jalen Hurts of the Eagles, plus 350. Patrick Mahomes plus 450. Everybody else is double digits. And quite frankly, the only one who's shorter than 25 to 1 at Bet MGM is Lamar Jackson at 11 to 1. But honestly, as I look up and down this, by the way, Geno Smith 40 to 1. I only bring that up because Jason Weingarten has him at 750 to 1. 
Man. From before the season like, or after week one or something like that. Blackguard. Uh, like, like that is it, what an unbelievable bet. That, why would you even ever bet it? And then it's actually in a spot where I like it's live. It's yeah. live eight weeks in. McCaffrey sixty six to one. Anyway, like we could we could belabor this one, but I mean it's Allen Hurts and Mahomes, right? Like I mean, that's yeah. appropriate. Yeah, it's Allen Hurts from Mahomes and it's uh like I mean, with the NFL, it's probably comes down to who stays healthiest? Who stays the longest, healthiest? Who between doesn't those miss three. any games? Yep. Um, but they've already racked up the stats where it's just like, I, like, I mean, Mahomes twenty touchdowns and five interceptions. Josh Allen nineteen and six. I, with everything he does on the ground too, it's just. I, I mean, you know, you're not getting a ton of passing touchdowns right now from Jalen Hurts, but like that, that I mean, that offense is cruising. It's, it's cruising. It's hard to imagine anybody else on that list cracking through. Unless the Seahawks just never lost again. Right. I, and, and, like, you bring him up, I, I think that he's – I don't think he's out of it. I think you have to no, put him on the right it. outside of those three because you, you can at least draw a line There's a path. It. Yeah, there's a path. We might not find that path, but there's a path. I'm not sure there is one for some of the others on there. Let's, let's go to – I'm sorry. You know, some of these aren't going to be as good as the others, but Offensive Rookie of the Year. Let's go here. So Kenneth Walker is now your short shot. This is really a three-headed race as well between Kenneth Walker, Damian Pierce of the Texans, and then Crystal Lave of the Saints has found his way into single digits. Um, let's just let's just compare Walker and Pierce in terms of their numbers. Well, I think, and I think the one you know, while you're pulling some of those up, Gil, I, I you know, I really wanted wanted to talk more about this one because it's, I think, in the past couple weeks, you've seen. As Kenneth Walker and Damian Pierce have really kind of established their roles as those lead backs and, I mean, workhorse backs in the two backfields for Houston and Seattle, and to me, this is really more of a two-horse race right now. Olave's up there, so. and he's been great, but as soon you know, if they get some of these other wide receivers back, do his numbers start to drop off, drop off a little bit? Um, look, I think, I think Drake London's awesome, too, but is there really going to be that much, that much of a passing offense going forward with the Falcons? I don't really know, and it's. Just, I just think it, those wide receivers are musical chairs, it, right? From right, week to week, right. So I, I real like I think if you have conviction on one of these guys at the top, one of these two guys at the top between the two of them, and I would probably go to you know Kenneth Walker. I don't really have a problem with anybody making a bet at that that number right now. Walker is Walker has eighty five carries this year for four hundred sixty one yards on the ground, five touchdowns. Um. Nine catches for 28 yards, but comparing the uh, rushing numbers, 85 for 461, that's a 5.4 yards per carry average. Pierce, 121 carries for 539 yards and three touchdowns, and a 4.5 yards per attempt. Um, he's a little more effective in the passing game, but not so much that it's really meaningful. So, I mean, the stats really do favor Kenneth Walker. It is what the pricing is what it should be right now. Yeah, it is. I mean, you just look at his past three games. It's, you know, 18 carries for 51 yards and a touch against the Giants at the Chargers. 23 carries, 167 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, home against the Cardinals, 21 carries for 97 yards and a touchdown. It's just, if he keeps getting this kind of workload, which there's no reason to think he wouldn't. Well, the other, the other point about this is that the that Pete Carroll is all about the running game. He is never going to go away from it. He loves Kenneth Walker. He's going to keep pounding Kenneth Walker no matter what. And Seattle will lead in some games. Houston will probably be trailing in most, if not all. Yep. Most for sure. And it's going to take Damian Pierce out of a plus, rushing situation. Plus just the fact that they, that he's that it's a worse team, right? Yeah. You're just a worse team. Yeah. And people are going to factor that in. I, if you find... 
mean, plus 150, if you found something close to 2-1 to one on Kenneth Walker, I don't have a problem with that bet at all. I I, to me, he's clearly you're, out. You're, just, you're kind of rooting against injury, and you're rooting against the guy like, you know, Bailey Zappi getting back to the starting role. Bailey Zappi has fallen all the way back to 60-1, to one, should be pointed out. What did he get as short as? 5-1 to one, oh that night God. where everybody was oh betting him. God. I like, saw 14. I didn't know he got as short. He got all the way down to 5. Oh, yeah. He's got all the way down to 5-1 to one at uh, William Hill here uh, in the Bears game. It's ridiculous. Yikes. All right. Now, here's what gets interesting. Comeback player of the year. Because, again, what are we coming back from? And every voter is going to have a different definition of this. Saquon Barkley's a favorite right now, minus 155. But I, I consider that shaky. Because Geno's plus 225. And, again, yes, what is he coming back from? Sucking, generally speaking. So most improved player would probably be the correct title for him. But no such award exists. So some of these voters, instead of giving Geno an MVP, because that's going to go to Allen or Mahomes or Hurts, they might say to themselves, he's definitely the comeback player of the year at plus 225. Again, your definition is going to differ from some of these voters. I'm not arguing with you about your definition. I'm just saying everybody's going to have a different one. McCaffrey now with the Niners coming back from injury is plus 750. Derrick Henry coming back from injury, 12 to 1. And then you sort of have a mishmash after that. Someone just tweeted, I want to give credit to who uh, just tweeted this, Someone just tweeted, what about Marcus Mariota? Dom Perrion just, just said, uh, he tweeted, am I crazy, but Marcus Mariota at 75-1. to 1. Oh, he's talking about Offensive Player of the Year for Mariota. We'll get to that in a minute. Mariota's 66-1. to 1. I was going to say, Again, I like just it from being, this market. Yeah, I was going to say, this is just from being benched, really, all these years. Because, I mean, if you're yeah. going to make the same case, you you're making the same case for Geno Smith as you are for Marcus Mariota. Yeah. Right, so they're, I mean, really... There really shouldn't be that big of a difference between the two. Oh, I think Geno's performance is vastly greater, though. It's sure. But from, what is it, plus 225 Correct. to 66 to 1? What's a bet is a different story. I mean, and, okay, for the people out there that do get, they get angry about the, well, what are you coming back from, right? It's the, yeah. it's the Ryan Tannehill 2019 year, right? I think that, that sets the precedent for this. I don't believe he was coming off injury. You do, if you do go look, look at who won this award in years past, Joe Burrow last year, Alex Smith the year before, you always bring up the ultimate, I mean, the ultimate example of who should, be, should win. Should be named after Right, this who should win this type of award. Tannehill 2019, Andrew Luck 2018, Keenan Allen 2017, all these guys, for the most part, coming off Jordy Nelson 2016, Eric Berry 2015, remember him being really sick. Garrison Hurst is the last running back to win this in 2001. That's how far back you got to go to get a running back winning a comeback player. I don't know if that's significant or not, but just letting you know. Well, I, I mean, I think with like so many of these player awards, right, the quarterbacks are usually always going to have an edge. Yep. I but, mean, what's that? That's four out of the last. Let me see. So four out of the last four, eight, seven, ten, ten out of the last 14 have been quarterbacks. Yeah. I think that's where you're usually always going to have the edge. It's just, it's. I, I just think you got you got to you got to keep in mind what this award is, and it really does. It takes it takes the it's two different paths, the right? Most, Either, it's you're the coming most, off injury or you're coming off sucking. The most, and I know people are going to get upset about that, but <laughs> yes. it's it's a reality. It's, it's the a most part of this subjective award. of all of these. Yes, it's the most subjective of all of these. But I, you know, if, if you're saying to me, what bet do you make now? I think Geno's the bet. Quite frankly, at plus two twenty five. Let's go to offensive player of the year because this is going to maybe sort of color what you're thinking about for comeback player of the year. For offensive player of the year, now this is usually a catch-all 
for those who don't win the MVP, oh, we'll go to coach of the coach year. Of the year. Yeah, I'm coach sorry, coach of the, of the year. year. What did I say? Offensive player of the year? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Pardon, pardon me. Come, We'll go to coach of the year. Yeah, let's get Which that. Which is probably the most fascinating. Yeah, because offensive player of the year is its own little yeah. category. Coach of the year, I've said for weeks now that the best bet on the board is Pete Carroll. And I am not changing that. Pete Carroll is still in double digits, available uh, pretty much everywhere in double digits. He was 20 to 1 last week. We're showing him here at 12 to 1 now at BetMGM. Shop around. But if the Seahawks continue to win, right now they're atop the NFC West. And yes, the Niners have a pretty easy schedule moving forward. But Pete Carroll at 12 to 1 because the expectations of the Seahawks were so low. Now, if yeah. Nick Sirianni and the Eagles just continue to win, this is all moot. Nick Sirianni's going to win it. Let's just start there. But actually, the best bet to me is still Pete Carroll based on the number. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I mean, look, Sirianni's odds are pr- – I think that's priced correctly. Mm-hmm. I think that there should not be that big of a difference between Dayball and Carroll. And I don't think that O'Connell, O'Connell or Sala should be ahead of Pete Carroll right now. I think he, sh- I think he should be shorter than both of them. I, I, I'm with you. If the one bet – there's one bet on that board to make. It's Pete Carroll. Without question. And it's been that way for weeks now. It has And we've talked about this on the show. And I don't think there's anybody else really on there that leaps off the page. You know, Sean McDermott, they refused to give this award to, apparently, at 18-1. to I mean, I I have an O'Connell ticket, so go Vikings. Let's keep it up. But, yeah, if you're sitting here today, Pete Carroll's the bet. Because based on expectations, people thought the Vikings would be good. People thought the Eagles would be good. Uh, Seattle and Pete Carroll, I think the best bet on that board. We'll come back. College football with Pete Futak. What do you think about the first rankings tonight? Next. A numbers game on VSIN, the sports betting network. Back on a numbers game, live from the South Point. Kill Alexander, Kelly Billen. I, I do think before we get to Pete Futak here on college football, I do think it, we should say it one more time how difficult comeback player of the year award is. And then the one we didn't go over, which is offensive player of the year. Yeah. How difficult those are to to bet on because of the subjectivity involved. Offensive player of the year might even be even more difficult because it's like, what is this exactly? It's not the guy who wins MVP and then you're just giving him a consolation. Like, what is that? And we went over that. What was it, last week? Yeah. Where it was like, there has been instances where guys have won both, too. Correct. So, Which I, makes it even more crazy. I right? mean, Gil, it is one of the awards in sports. That one, Offensive Player of the Year, I don't think you'll Super- ever find me having a bet on. I would agree with that. Comeback player of the year is a little more fun, but I would even say this about Joe Burrow last year. Like, I on primetime action. Yeah, I we were to, always I, just talking about this. I used to say, what's he coming back from? He played 10 games in this league and they got hurt. Like that, and that's like that's a pretty normal season for most quarterbacks. Like, yeah, you missed a couple games because of injuries. You get so you comeback play, like Alex Smith and then that? Like kind of anyway. Anyway, just just keep that in mind. These are these are sort of vague with some of these. Uh, let's talk some college football, ladies and gentlemen of collegefootballnews.com. On the cusp of the first of six FBS rankings tonight. Only the sixth one matters on December 4th, but we got one tonight. It's Pete Futek. How you doing, Peter? Yeah, to, to your point, it's kind of like in the college football version, what you're talking about is like a Bryce Young might win the Heisman, but some random senior quarterback will win like the, you know, the Davey O'Brien or right. the Johnny Unitas Award. It's like, well, if you're the best player, aren't you the best quarterback and all that? Sort of stuff. Yes, it is college football playoff rankings night. It's uh, it's the fun time of year because this is when in a few weeks we get to use the word penultimate when you know the the second to last one, which <laughs> nobody ever uses that word ever. No one ever uses the word stave off, like unless it's like trying to stave off elimination. Well, we get to use penultimate in a couple weeks, so uh, this is the this is the, that time of year for all this kind of fun. Stuff. Let me just ask you about that first. Then, what do you anticipate 
the order being tonight? Specifically, where does TCU land? Yeah, I would think the TCU, I mean, I, they've got to be about five or six. I mean, the, the, everyone gets into a twist over this. And like you said, I mean, this is this isn't even really it's an exercise, but it's not really even an exercise. I kind of compare it to uh, someone like a golfer practicing for a specific tournament and a specific hole, but not knowing the distance or any of the configurations, because like the committee just goes by whoever wins their conference championships first. So if you don't, in the absence of that, we're just doing this just for fun and, and, you know, giggles and discussion and stuff. But to your point, I'm going to guess Tennessee's first just because they're going to like their big wins and how splashy they've been. They've been a little bit sharper and have that one big win over Bama. And as we know, the college football playoff committee loves everything Bama and Tennessee beat their guys. So uh, I'm going to say, ten, I'm going to guess Tennessee's one, Georgia's two. And I'm going to say that TCU's probably ducking right in at five right behind uh, Michigan. But we, we've said before, though, Clemson, you know, for all the shakiness, they've got wins. Wait, beating Wake Forest is a wank, ranked win. <laughs> beating Syracuse is a big win. Uh, NC State, at least ranked. So they've got some nice wins on there, but I'm going to say TCU is fifth in this. Okay. Um, speaking of that, before we get to this week, because there's a bunch to talk about, including Maxion tonight and tomorrow night. Um TCU, did you see how that game ended? I had an in-game on TCU at minus six and a half, which I got right after TCU muffed a punt. And so it was sort of this bet where you're like, wow, I'm taking TCU minus six and a half. Yes, because I liked that it was a hook below. And so, yep. so they worked out because they stopped on that drive. But anyway, I was it was a clear loser, right? And then at the very end, and I want to get the exact dis- down and dis- down and distance correct because we're just di- you're, you're drawing dead at this point. It's fourth and one on the West Virginia twenty-nine with twenty-six seconds left. TCU is up two points, Why? so it's it's yeah. do you kick a field goal here to go yeah. up? Or do you just try to get the yard, right? Those are the two options. And instead, and we didn't know there was a third option. <laughs> Max Duggan goes back to pass. He just heaves it deep. And Savion Williams, in a single coverage, grabs it. And I'm going ballistic. So at the, lucky. At the BeckQL show studios, like we have TVs here, 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 here. And this one was up on what we call kind of the crazy TV. where that, That's where Appalachian State and North Carolina are still scoring and Houston came back. So up in the corner here. So the corner, okay, they, we got, I got this one right. Woo, I got this bet right. I got this, you know, call right. Excellent. And then all of a sudden, I kind of hit refresh or something. Wait a minute, how, how the hell did that happen? And like, <laughs> That's oh. amazing. Between that and the Louisville uh, Wake Forest turnover fest, which uh, coming through late, that was there. There, there was a couple of crazy things, the, and of course, well, it didn't really matter for betting. But San Diego State, Fresno State was an all timer of a finish. If you had anything on that, well, but, the only thing I, else I wanted to ask you about was Oklahoma State. What was that? Like, could you? I mean, it's, we knew their defense stunk. I thought they'd win. I thought they. I thought they'd win that. It, it, it just sometimes you just don't have. But like, and that was the crazy part. And I'll get into this in a second. What's hitting more more consistently than anything else right now is outside of anything related to Iowa State, they're one of the nation's best defense. Big Twelve overs are all even this week. You have a couple of uh, games that are still sort of uh, hanging around in the 50, uh, high fifties, uh, which are probably going to be like every game is like thirty eight, thirty four. Look, Kansas State did its part. It did its heavy lifting. All we needed out of Oklahoma State was just score <laughs> something. Forty-eight just, to nothing is what we're referring all, to. It yeah. was the that was an easy over because you assume Oklahoma State's gonna you know great that it's gonna be forty-eight you know forty-five. 
not nothing. That's look. That was just a weird anomaly uh, game. Just watch this week. Watch Oklahoma State come back, but that certainly killed them. All right, let's go to this week. Maction tonight and tomorrow. Ball State, Kent State, Buffalo, Ohio tonight. Central Michigan, Northern Illinois, and Western Michigan, Bowling Green tomorrow. Anything on any of those? Uh, at the moment, I kind of like Buffalo. I mean, uh, their defense only because they're going to have the ball for about an hour and a half. Ohio uh, does not do time of possession. Nation's worst defense. Uh, Buffalo has got a nice balance to its offense. They're number one in the MAC in uh, time of possession. Their defense has been playing well. I think both these games, I kind of like the unders a little bit on that, which is no fun. Uh, but I like Buffalo in this, even though they're on the road. And Kent State at home, the problem with this game is Kent State scores a lot. Ball State doesn't score at all. So where do you find the happy medium in between? Because Ball State slows everything down just enough in this game against the flash-fast offense. So I'm kind of like the unders in both. I like Buffalo, and I like Ball State to cover in this just because uh, they they tend to keep games sort of low. All right, let's go to Saturday. Can I call it the game of the year in college football with apologies to Ohio State and Alabama? Tennessee and Georgia Bulldogs favored by eight and a half. What do you got here? I hate to try to – because how do you not jump on Tennessee getting that many points? I mean, they're not – I thought that Kentucky would have a shot. I thought that with Will Levis, you have the possible number one overall pick in the draft going against the second-worst pass defense in the country. Nope. You know, all this stuff about, well, Kentucky could slow things down. They got a curveball, you know, style of play where that should work. And Tennessee just sort of ripped through it. So uh, let's see. Now this, is, now this is when it really matters because, as we'll see is during this college football playoff ranking thing as we go, we're probably headed towards four, maybe five, uh, Power Five conference champions that are either undefeated or one loss. So as much as the idea of, well, the loser of this game is probably going to be 11-1 and and be right there, Maybe not, you know, because Maybe you're, not. Still pro- yeah. you're still going to have an 11, probably an 11 and one Ohio State Michigan loser. We're probably going to have a 12 and one Pac 12 champion. We might have a undefeated, or even 12 one TCU. Uh, Clemson's going to be undefeated, one loss. They're going to go with Power Five conference champions first, and they're definitely going to go with anybody who's undefeated. So this might be an elimination game in a lot of ways. I, I'm like in Tennessee. I kind of just I, I'm on board with this. That defense, schmeefense. They're just they're just going to rip it up. Hen and Hooker's playing too well, and this passing game is just too sharp. I'm glad you made that point, Pete, because I I do think a lot of people are like, well, yeah, I mean, what seasons they have one loss, SEC at the top. They're definitely in the no, they're definitely not. I mean, they might not be at all. They could be, but might not be because you're right. Teams like a, a TCU which arguably, besides Tennessee, probably has the best resume in the country, right? TCU, if, sure. they, if they just continue to win, you can't keep them out. So no. um, four games left, obviously, uh, for the Horn Frogs to decide all that, though. Uh, let's do one more here, because you you alluded to Clemson earlier when we were talking about rankings. They are taking on Notre Dame. Kelly Bidlin guessed it as a 10-point favorite earlier in guessing lines, but really, in reality, it's four and a half. You missed up on that one, Kelly. Sorry about that. Four and a half on uh Lay the on points Clemson. Clemson. <laughs> what do Clemson. What do you think of this with Clemson? Because they have I, been getting... Getting by, man. What do you think? They've been getting by, but they win. I mean, they just sort of have one of those kind of and and as the Notre Dame guys I know have the same exact thought that I do. I have no freaking clue which Notre Dame team you're going to get. None. Like, like I thought. Okay, Syracuse got hurt, and you can't really say much about last week's game because Garrett Schrader got hurt. But that uh, that performance after Stanford. You know, they beat North Carolina, but they struggled against Marshall. I mean, this is such a fluky, flaky team. 
I think the Clemson defense rises up. Again, when it comes to games like this, go with what you know. We know the Clemson defense is going to be great. They'll figure it out offensively. I'm just going to go with Clemson just because they're the better team. All right, we got to run. Give me your favorite play of the week, though. Oh, you got to go with history. Air Force, Army. It doesn't matter if the, the total's one and a half, you go under. This defies all logic and reason. Air Force, Army always goes under, and until it doesn't, you stick with it. Pete doesn't even need to know a number on that. Doesn't even need to know. It's going under. Sight unseen. Thank you, Peter. Appreciate it. Better go. Pete Futak, F-I-U-T-A-K, on Twitter for collegefootballnews.com. We'll come back. NBA with JVT on the other side. Early season thoughts. It's a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Kalshi. Maybe you have a thought on TikTok. Will Congress ban it or won't they? Taylor Swift's new album, Will or Won't It Be Album of the Year? What about Biden's approval rating? And a whole lot more. You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. $10 bonus to the first 500 people who sign up by going to Kalshi.com slash numbers game spelled K-A-L-S-H-I. There's no guarantee of performance and an investor could lose their entire investment, including fees. iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at Kalshi.com. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A numbers game on VSEN, the sports betting network. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets. It's never been easier to join the action on the new BetMGM app, featuring a fresh redesign with improved features and quicker navigation. And if you're planning a trip to Vegas, you can also convert your BetMGM points into MGM rewards points you can use towards dining, shows, and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM resorts located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM rewards, sports betting's premier loyalty program, including exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks when you wager with BetMGM. Sign up with BetMGM or log in today to take advantage of BetMGM rewards. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Gil Alexander. we got lots of screens up on here at the South Point Studio, and uh, one of them has a RG3 on, and I just want to say this. I feel compelled to. I'm so happy for him and doing well in his broadcasting career. And by the way, I think he's outstanding in everything he does now at ESPN. Might have been shaky at first. Great now. And I don't want this little piece of history to get lost. People crapped on him at the end of his NFL career. People loved criticizing RG3. He, his, his career was ruined by injury. Yeah. Why were people so mean to him? Made no sense know. to me. We were just talking about this off air. I think people have gotten spoiled spoiled that we expect every NFL player to come back from like major injuries and be completely fine afterward. Um, 
Man, he was one of the most fun players to watch in college. Like, those Baylor days were incredible. College. I mean, then what? His rookie year in the NFL. He was a, he was a meteor in the NFL. Rookie of the year, beating out Andrew Luck in 2012. Anyway, I could reminisce, but why bother? Skill Alexander, Kelly Bidlin, JVT is here, our senior NBA analyst, Jonathan Von Tobel, to talk some basketball with us. How you doing, JVT? You know, let's not talk about Andrew Luck. Uh, uh, after sorry. watching Sam Ellinger play quarterback over the weekend, you know, I... <laughs> Lusting after better times That's as a, a Colts fan. Rough transition. <laughs> JVT is a uh, JVT is one of these guys' random teams that he loves. The Angels, the Colts is his football team. By the way, is it true that the Colts did make a call to Andrew Luck before during this whole episode where they're like, hey, just in case, are you available? Uh, I think I, I know I read a report. I yeah. think it was actually over the summer. I mean, maybe they do it multiple times. Why not? Just to see if he's interested. But if you've seen pictures or just keep up with what he's been doing, uh, he's not coming back, right? Like he's lost a bunch of weight. He's yeah. hanging out at Stanford campus. He's taking classes. He's doing all sorts of stuff. The, the dude looks very good for him. Dude looks like he's enjoying football or a post-football career, which he very much deserves. Yeah, good on him. All right. Um, we were just talking, Kelly and I, about awards in the NFL. We're talking about comeback player, um, MVP, coach of the year, rookie of the year also. Um, what about the NBA rookie of the year? I know you and Kelly talked about this on Hardwood Handicappers, some your podcast, by the way, Hardwood Handicappers with Jonathan Von Tobel, available wherever podcasts are distributed. Vsin.com slash podcast for all of our podcasts. There's Hardwood Handicappers on the right there, the logo. Um, what about this market where Paula Boncaro of the Magic is the prohibitive favorite this short into the NBA season? The only other person in, in single digits, John is Benedict Matherin of the Pacers. What do you make of this market right now? Uh, so I'm, I'm fascinated because this, just this early in the season, it should not be the case where a guy is, you know, minus 140 uh, to win any sort of award. And especially with, and you mentioned it, I mean, there is a very legitimate competitor in Benedict Matherin who's done such a phenomenal job for the Indiana Pacers that any sort of, at least in my mind, slippage in Paolo Bencaro's play that he's going to overtake him uh, for a guy who's going to be able to win this award. And then you look around, Gil, too. I mean, the, the rookies come into the league now, and they are ready to play uh, much more often than not. And, like, even besides those two in the terms of the guys who are playing for Rookie of the Year, look at a couple of the Pistons players, right? I mean, Kelly and I talked about this. Jaden Ivey's done a phenomenal job. Jalen Duran, one of their bigs, has done a great job as well. I would say this. Like, if you're looking at this market, and, by the way, minus 140 is now minus 300 yes. uh, for Battle of yes. That's yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Uh, I haven't checked for a couple of days. For me, it's you're looking elsewhere. You're looking at guys like Jaden Ivey at 18 to 1, who have been part of the Detroit Pistons rotation, who has looked really comfortable in his role next to guys like Kate Cunningham and Sadiq Bey. Uh, I would even venture a look at Jabari Smith Jr., a kid who I've watched uh, quite a bit over the last week, who I've been very impressed with. And the Rockets are giving him all sorts of assignments, whether it be defensively or bringing the ball up and executing on offense, giving him shot attempts. You're, you're looking elsewhere because, yes, Paolo Bencaro has been incredible and he has been the efficient guy that we all expected. But we're talking about a six, seven, I think six games now for the Orlando Magic. <laughs> to make him minus 300 is wild at this point. Yeah, it is really ridiculous. It's not even just that. It's, yeah. it's minus 300 on him, but then just the market in general basically telling yep. you right now that there's five guys that could win this award and we're not even a month into the season. Like, I mean, yep. it's Shaded Sharp is then 60 to 1. He's sixth on the board. Just by comparison, remember how long it took for Shohei Otani, the year he won MVP last year, to get to minus 350? Like, it took right. all year for it to finally shift over to that. And there's Moncara right there for rookie of the year. All right, I'm going to ask you some form of this question, JVT, as long as it applies. But we look up at the standings. The Blazers are 5 to 1. The Jazz are 6 to 2. The Spurs are 5 to 2. Are, are, are 5 and 2. And on the other side, the Nets are 2 and 5. 
Uh, let's throw in the Heat also to him. I have the Lakers, obviously, having only won once as well. Um, listen, this has completely flipped what our preseason expectations are. It, it is, a, is a nod to how you know small a sample size we are into the season. But yet, all of those teams are doing strange things. Which is the one that is sustainable? Uh, I, th- I mean, I think not maybe to this degree, but I think if we're talking about one that's going to continue to be a lot better than we expected, I'd probably circle Portland, yeah. mainly because they have Damian Lillard right, and they have a lot of good individual talent that's super intriguing. I would say, Gil, that one of the things that bothers you about Portland is the fact that they have been very reliant on Damian Lillard uh, from an offensive efficiency standpoint. When he leaves the floor, their offensive uh, efficiency really tanks to about a point per possession. And it's a super small sample size, so that could grow and, and get a little bit better. But that has been kind of the thing with Portland is that when he leaves the floor, they are going to be a poor offensive team. And that I think kind of worries you as you move forward over a course of a large sample size. But at the end of the day, like Portland's got a lot, they've got a lot to work with. They have some good, intriguing young talent, especially coming off of that bench. And overall, it's just a team that has one of the better players in the NBA. That's always worth something. So are they going to be, you know, top three seed in the Western conference? No. Uh, but are they going to be a team that I think is going to be much more competitive and competing for one of those top playing seeds is maybe as an outlier, top six seed, I think that's a little much, but I think they definitely have a path to be a playoff team, and that's not something I really expected from them. Cleveland Cavaliers are five and one. Uh, we talked about the yeah. Nets being, uh, you know, at the bottom of the uh, close to the bottom of the Eastern Conference right now. Will the Cleveland Cavaliers end up having a better record than the Nets this year? Oh, I think so. I, look, with Brooklyn, it's not there. Screw data points of Brooklyn now at this point, right now, right? It's the, the team seems to be a toxic mess. Kyrie Irving's fighting with reporters over legitimate questions being asked of him, and then complaining that people aren't listening to his point of view. It's amazing, uh, despite the right, despite the fact that he refuses to answer questions. Um, and it just doesn't seem like a good position to be in. And Ben Simmons is now banged up. He's supposed to be one of their better on-ball defenders. He's gotten a little bit better, but it doesn't look great. I just think that when you're talking about everything off the court. And this persisting now because it's not going to go away with Kyrie Irving, and he's not going to stop either. That's the other thing. I just don't know why you would realistically look at that team, and especially when there's so many other franchises that are just so much more well put together, right? Like you don't have owners taking shots at players on Twitter with all these other spots. Like you do with the Brooklyn Nets. I just think it's too much of a, a poor situation overall to to expect anything positive over the course of an 82-game season from that team. Ben Simmons, 26 personal fouls, 37 total points. Yep. Just want to point yep. that out. By the way, this is before we get to your picks tonight because there's only four games tonight. The, all that stuff going on with Kyrie, and it is really just horrifying to watch, quite frankly. I may use that word, and I mean that word. People, people are like, they should cut him. Is there any chance that that's going to happen? Well, I think there's certainly a chance, right? Like, like when you're talking about, uh, like, outside of the viewpoints and whatnot that he's, you know, I guess espousing, even though he swears that he's not, like, like this is just becoming a distraction. And sure, you could talk about point production, whatever it is, but if he's going to be a distraction and they're going to be like 12 games under 500, and this is a team that like constantly is being asked about these sort of things in post-game press conferences, and all of a sudden maybe he starts to leave, not leave games, but you know isn't around the franchise that we've kind of seen him do before. Like, why would you? Why wouldn't you just cut bait? What he is bringing to the franchise in terms of negativity is not outweighed by his positivity, especially if they're going to start losing games. You know, as fascinating as him being cut would be, what would be even more fascinating is who would then have the onions right? to pick him up at that point. Right, Tell you like, what, LeBron's super image conscious. Do you think that he really wants to dive into that pool right now as, as much as they would need a player like him? It's a fascinating dynamic, to be sure. It is. The NBA just as interesting off the court as it is, for, for all the wrong reasons, by the way, as it is on. All right, uh, four games tonight. What do you got? 
Uh, yeah, so I went Warriors pick. I made the the number Warriors minus one and a half. It's like one and like a pick pretty much everywhere. So we'll see where this ends up closing. If if I take pick and it closes minus one in favor of Miami, it's not a big loss there. But I think for, just from a numbers play, I even put it into the, the write-up this morning. It, it was just a play on the number that I thought was going to close higher than it was. Uh, and then I have not made the play yet. I'm just sitting back and seeing what the market does. But I love this Thunder team. Uh, this is a team that now, going back to last year, guys, covering over 62% of their games are 5-1 and one against the spread this year yet again. They're extremely well coached. Their backcourt talent is so much better than what Orlando has. Orlando's got a massive size advantage, so I think I might win in-game to see how that matchup plays out. But this Thunder team, if you guys missed it over the weekend, an 18-2 run to close out regulation against the Mavericks. They ended up winning that game in overtime. This is an impressive team, and they are very, very solid, and I think a lot better than the market's given them credit for. John, we appreciate it. As always, hardwood handicappers will uh, wait for each and every episode. Appreciate it, man. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Jonathan Rontoblat, me, JVT, is the Twitter. By the way, be careful with betting the vague awards markets in the NFL like Offensive Player of the Year and Comeback Player of the Year just so hard to truly handicap what the voters are thinking there. That's your pro tip for the hour. We do one every hour on VEASAN across every show, so that means at least 20 every day. They're all available for VEASAN Pro subscribers only, though, at VEASAN.com, where you can sort them by sport and by show. For Kelly Bidlin, Gil Alexander, thanks for listening. The Lombardi Line is next. Enjoy from VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Calshi. Maybe you have a thought on TikTok. Will Congress ban it or won't they? Taylor Swift's new album, Will or Won't It Be Album of the Year? What about Biden's approval rating? And a whole lot more. You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. $10 bonus to the first 500 people who sign up by going to Calshi.com slash numbers game spelled K-A-L-S-H-I. There's no guarantee of performance and an investor could lose their entire investment, including fees. iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at Calshi.com. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.